Good evening. It's good to see each one of you back in the Lord's house tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page number 78 to begin tonight. Page 78. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. We'll sing all three verses as we begin together tonight. Page number 78. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Feed me till I want no more. Open now the crystal fountain whence the healing stream doth flow. Let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. Strong deliverer, strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield. Be thou still my strength and shield. When I dread the songs of burden, my mansion feasts subside. Bear the through the swelling current. Lead me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises. I will ever give to Amen. Well, it's been a great day in the Lord, hasn't it? And we are looking forward to uh, the Lord uh, speaking and working in us again tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Dave Shane if you would open us in prayer tonight, please. Amen. You may be seated uh, this evening. Just want to give you a few uh, announcements here, things not, not to forget that are coming up. Uh, of course, be in prayer for Pastor as he'll be uh, traveling back on Thursday. And he did say they had a good morning this morning, and everything is going well down there, so that's a blessing. And, uh, of course, he was wondering how things went here and uh, always concerned about us, and I'm thankful that he is. Um, ladies, don't forget that you've got a ladies' meeting next Tuesday, the 12th, at 7 p.m., and it's a potato bar, and every time I see the slide on the screen, I get hungry, but uh, if you haven't noticed that, it's two juicy-looking baked potatoes all loaded down. It looks good. Anyway, there might be a bunch of men show up at that meeting, so... Uh, be careful. Anyway, that's next Tuesday night, the 12th at 7 p.m. And then uh, don't forget, uh, outreach is that uh, following Saturday, the 16th at uh, 10.30 in the morning. So be here for that. The Friday night before on the 15th, uh, the school's going to have family fun night that night. All right. So uh, looking forward to that night. So be here. That's from 6 to 9 p.m. And uh, you can come out and enjoy a, a good time of games there with the kids. And it'll be parents versus the children. 
and that's always a fun time. All right, so uh, we'll have a great night. So be here for that the 15th. There's a linger longer Sunday night, the 17th, after the evening service. Uh, so uh, bring some finger foods and be ready for that. And then, of course, our big next real big event coming is our youth rally coming on the 22nd, uh, that Friday night. Be here. Um, bring somebody with you. It's going to be a great night in the Lord. And I know Glory Bound will be here singing. And Brother Sam Davison will be here preaching. And it's just going to be a great time. Brother Tim did say that there's still some spots back there for cookies. If you want to sign up for the cookies especially. Uh, they don't have to be homemade. You can buy them from the store. All right? You can cheat. It's okay. And uh, you don't have to make them or anything like that. Just uh, That's not really cheating. It was a joke. But uh, you can bring those. And uh, I know they'll be appreciative of that. And then um, also, if any of you can help. Uh, with the cleanup, okay? So the dinner starts at 6.30, and they're going to need some help cleaning up the gym, things like that, I'm sure, and then cleaning up afterward up here um, so it's ready for Sunday morning. So he said if anybody um, would be willing to do that and help out with any of that, if you can just see Brother Tim uh, tonight or sometime this week and let him know uh, that you're willing to stay and help, up, help out with those things, that would be great. And then church family, don't forget, if you're, if you're a member of Faith Baptist Church, you need to set Tuesday night the 26th aside on your calendar for the Lord's Supper, all right? So if you're a member of Faith Baptist Church, please do that and be here. Only two ordinances that the Lord established, baptism Lord's Supper. And they're important, and you need to be here uh, for the Lord's Supper and be a part of that, all right? So that's Tuesday night, the 26th. And then don't forget, we still do have church that Wednesday night, the 27th, all right? There's still church service on Wednesday night, so be prepared for that. Let's turn to page number 75 now. I'll let you remain seated. God leads us along. Page number 75 in your hymn book. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet. Let's sing it out together. In shady green pastures so rich and so sweet, God leads His dear children along. Where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet, God leads His dear children along. Some through the water, some some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Sometimes on the mountain the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along. Sometimes in the valley in the darkness of night, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. On that last verse, away from the mire and away from the clay, God leads his dear children along. Away up in glory, eternity's day, God leads his dear children along. 
some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Amen. As God leads, well, it's our job to follow. Amen. And uh, so we need to be making sure that we're following after what the Lord has for us. Brother Ethan Whitney, would you pray for the offerings tonight, please? Amen. Ladies, let's all stand together one last time. Turn to page 231 with me. Page number 231, Christ receiveth sinful men. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that tonight because that is me. And I know without that, I would be nothing. So I'm thankful for that. Let's sing it out together. Sinners Jesus will receive. Sinners Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all. Through the heavenly pathway lead All who linger, all who fall Sing it o'er and o'er again Christ receiveth sinful man Make the message clear and plain Christ receiveth sinful man Come and he will give you rest Trust Him for His word is plain. He will take the sinful last. Christ receive the sinful man. Sing it all and o'er again. Christ receive the sinful man. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receive the sinful man. Now my heart condemns me not pure before the law I stand he who cleansed me from all spot satisfied its lasting man sing it o'er and o'er again Christ receiveth sinful man make the message clear and plain Christ receiveth sinful Christ receiveth sinful man, even me with all my sin. Purged from every spot and stain, heaven with him I enter in. Sing it o'er and o'er again. Christ receiveth sinful man, make the message clear and plain. Christ Amen. Every one of us ought to be thankful for that tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Wonderful singing tonight. Just before Brother Ben Quinlan comes to, to preach uh, tonight, 
Uh, we're going to have the ladies' trio come and sing. It's been good to have the Quinlan family with us today, amen, and just so thankful they can be here, and I know uh, it'll be a blessing to you again tonight. But ladies, come and sing for us. Why God would let me face this painful circumstance All I have to cling to is his word and his name But that's enough, so I will trust It's for my good and for his glory this trial's not the end of the story there's a bigger picture god alone can see faith will take me through this sorrow for i know he holds tomorrow and he assures me it's for my good and for his glory me. He'll work all things for good. Through my tears I believe that His ways are higher than any of my own. And though my heart aches, He makes no mistakes. It's for my good and for His glory. This trial's not the end of the story. There's a bigger picture God alone can see. Faith will take me through this sorrow, for I know He holds tomorrow, and He assures me it's for my good and for His glory.
Amen. For my good and His glory. <clears throat> Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. All right, Mark chapter 5, uh, go to verse 22, we'll get there here in just a minute. Uh, God knows what He's doing, so we, the, the ladies sang that song, and uh, we're looking at the account of Jesus healing Jairus' daughter, uh, and the first question I've got for you is, what hinders your faith? What hinders your faith? Sometimes it may be the temptations to do wickedness or wrong that uh, we have those besetting sins and others that they, they come at us and they are a hindrance to our faith. That uh, they keep us from doing what God wants us to do. They keep us from doing what we know we want to do. They can. They can. Uh, other times it may be a voice in your head that tells you it's not worth trying to live right. It's hard. It's difficult. And uh, certainly we understand in the world in which we live it's getting more difficult, not easier. Uh, now I... I would, it would be a great misnomer for me to say, oh, it used to be easy. Well, no, that's not true. But uh, it, it's difficult for us. It's difficult. And we just need to recognize that fact. Uh, but we can let that stop us because it's hard. And uh, anyway, that, even that would be another message for another day. Uh, to per persevere and endure. To, let's see, um, to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, man, that, I, I can't follow that rabbit trail. Not right now. That'd be a good one, though. So sometimes, uh, some people say, and, and these can be hindrances to your faith, when you hear the statement, let your conscience be your guide. That's terrible advice. That's not good. Or uh, another one that I enjoy, uh, follow your heart. Uh, we all know Jeremiah 17.9, right? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Don't, don't follow your heart. Uh, or I, I know this one's a little more obviously wrong to the believer. If it feels good, do it. It's terrible, terrible advice. But do we not all find ourselves at one point or another hearing these things, listening to these things, and being tempted to go ahead and follow our heart or our conscience? Or, uh, you know what? It, it feels good. I've earned the right. I deserve this. I hate that word deserve. Uh, but that, again, is a message for another day. None of those things are good advice. None of them. They are all hindrances to your faith. And so you've got to be wary of them. So we're going to look here at Mark chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. Then we're going to skip down to verse 35. And we're going to consider how God addresses that. So if you're in Mark 5, stand with me if you're able. And we'll read these verses. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he, when he, Jairus, saw Jesus, he, Jairus, fell at his, Jesus' feet. Just want to be very clear on that. The ruler of the synagogue fell at Jesus' feet. Verse 23. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, 
that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Heard a message about this recently. And then down to verse 35. While he yet spake, finishing off, you know, helping this woman, that hidden woman, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entered in, entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is, being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose, and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on Jesus Christ. Um, trying to get ahead of myself again. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll jump in. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. What a blessing it is to be in your house, to be amongst your people. Lord, I thank you for these, uh, so many that have come back tonight to hear your word preached, that have taken time away from all the other things that we could do in order to focus on Jesus Christ, in order to hear from you, in order to allow your Holy Spirit to guide them into the truth that you have for them, your truth, Lord. We love you. We want to love you more. We want to know you better. We want to allow you to make us usable for your service. And so I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would have freedom in the hearts and minds of these tonight. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that your message might come forth, not just what I want to say. I pray that your will be done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. <clears throat> so in this account, we have two great works taking place. Uh, the obvious is the reviving of the life of this maid. That's what's going on. That's the context here. That is what takes place. That's what Jairus uh, uh, asks of Jesus. It's his request. It's his desire. And that's where they're going to, to, to raise this woman back to life. Uh, but then there's also the building and increasing of faith. And that's not just for Jairus. That's not just for Peter and James and John. But that's for you and I too. Because we asked the question at the beginning, what hinders your faith? There was a lot of hindrance to Jairus' faith, wasn't there? A lot of things came in the way. A lot of things could have turned him aside. And really that's what we, what we want to start looking at. Multiple instances of hindering faith. Not, not faith that hinders, but that which hinders faith. Because it's not just unique to this account in Scripture. You and I face hindrances of faith all the time. There's lots of reasons. I was... I, I like to make things work. And praise the Lord, this one worked because I liked it. Um, how many of you have heard the term Roman circus? Anybody? 
yeah, my kids, because they, okay, so, and I, did I was t- telling you this morning, brother else? All right, Roman Circus. So I caught this video, came across Facebook for me the other day, and this guy was talking about how if you look back at the Roman culture, Roman times, all the way back, you know, around when Jesus was alive, a little before, a little after, uh, emperors would recognize that, you know what, people are starting to ask questions about why things are going on, and why this is this way, and how come things are the way they are, and things are not as good as they used to be, etc., etc. And so the emperor's uh, solution was not to correct things, but to make the Roman circus. That now we're going to give you entertainment, we're going to give you uh, uh, games, we're going to give you the Colosseum, we're going to put the gladiatorial stuff out there, we're going to kill Christians, we're going to do all kinds of stuff so that you quit asking questions. Something to distract you from the real issues. You think that's going on today? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I appreciate my dad helping me realize something one time. You know, we get, there's a lot of conspiracies out there, and uh, we might get the idea in our heads that there's some Illuminati group that are powerful, rich people who are pulling strings all across the globe, and I don't know that that's really the case. Is it possible? Sure, I suppose it's possible. Is it likely? Nah, it doesn't seem as likely that there's this group of people who have such influence and power across the globe that they can orchestrate whatever they want. Possible, but seems unlikely. However, there is a Satan... And even if people are not a concerted group that's doing things on purpose, Satan certainly will make that happen. And so I I have full faith that Satan is behind a lot of the distraction that's in our world. Is there anything wrong with games and entertainment and fun things? No, not necessarily. Not in and of themselves. But how much time and money do we put into them? How much of ourselves do we invest in things that do not matter that then whether it's a, 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 a purposeful conspiracy at the highest levels of humanity or not, people are being distracted from things that really truly matter. And it becomes, I've I got to be careful saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It becomes a lot more difficult to try to lead somebody to Christ, to try to show them how important the things of God's Word are and who Christ is and what He has done for us because they've got so many other things that to them are more important. It's a hindrance to their faith. So, let's get back to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, starting off in verse 22. Now, I'm going to... I want to stay on track here, so so bear with me. Uh, Multiple instances of hindering faith. Look at verse 23. Most of these are obvious. I'm not trying to find things that aren't there or or sneak in fancy things that, that, well, this could... No, it's obvious stuff. Verse 23. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. You think that could be a hindrance to somebody's faith? I, I termed this an insurmountable obstacle. What is Jairus going to do about this? He's not a doctor. And, and I'm certain there are plenty of people here who have faced a situation where a loved one, a friend was ill, and you're helpless. You don't know what to do. You don't know what the answer is. You go to, even when you go to doctors, it doesn't necessarily mean the doctor knows exactly what to do. 
So it's an insurmountable obstacle, something that we look at as that giant mountain that there's no way to get over, there's no way to traverse, there's no way to get around it, there's no way to get rid of it in our own power. It is an insurmountable obstacle that becomes a hindrance to our faith. Jairus' daughter was sick unto death. Verse 25, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, well, what does that have to do with this with Jairus's daughter? Would well, you remember what I said this morning? As soon as this woman touched him, Jesus stopped everything. Jesus stopped everything. Lord, we're, we're on a schedule. My daughter is dying. I don't know if she how long she's going to live. We need to get there. And Jesus just stopped everything. Now here is this. A, a deferred focus. We, we were going somewhere. We were getting things done. Things were moving forward. And now it's suddenly stopped, dead in its tracks. Lord, come on. Have we all faced these things? Some interference to our plan where things looked like they were moving forward. And all of a sudden it's like God just said, we're going to put a time out. Time out. That's it. Time out. And we're just going to stop everything and we're going to wait right here. We're just going to hold on. Maybe there's some other thing to address. Maybe it's just that God knows you need to... Can I give you a, a small bit of, uh, of advice, free advice? Is this bad for a preacher to say? Don't pray for patience. <laughs> because God might just answer that prayer. And there's only one way to learn patience. And that's when everything stops. And you're put in a place where you have to wait. And that's what happens to Jairus here. Everything stopped because Jesus is focusing. And we saw this morning, was it a bad thing for Jesus to do that? No, not at all. It was very much on purpose. And I think it was just as much on purpose for this hidden woman as it was for Jairus to say, look, I understand that we may perceive it as a deferred focus. But that doesn't mean that God's forgotten what's going on. It doesn't mean that He is ignoring it. He doesn't, it doesn't mean that, that now, up, oh, that's it. It's over. It's done. Jesus does not have ADHD where He's on to something else and now your, your, your issue is forgotten. That's, that's not the case. That's not the case. Look down at verse 35. You know what? I'm, I'm going to read verse 34 too. <clears throat> and He said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. I want you to keep that in mind for later. Verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? It's hopeless. There's nothing you can do. The time has passed. It's too late. Just don't bother the master anymore. Because it's over. It's over. An apparent conclusion. Have we faced something like that? It's done. It's over. There's no point trying any further. There's no point putting forth any more effort. You've done all you could. We've all watched those doctor shows where they've got the person who's, who's code blue or whatever, and they're going to go over there, and they're going to try and resuscitate them, which I found out recently, you know those paddles that they shock people and they come back to life? 
Apparently that's not how that works. Who'd have thunk that TV was lying to us all this time? Uh, but they're trying with everything they can, and usually there's that one doctor that says, no, we can't give up, we can't give up. And somebody says, it's too late. It's over. There's, there's no more. Nothing you do is going to help any longer. And we've all faced that, or you will. Something that appears to you to be the end of the line. That's it. I'm at my wit's end. I've used all my rope. I, I've got nothing else that can be done. So why bother with it? Why burden the master? Why trouble him? It's an apparent conclusion. Let's just move on. Find something else. Verse 38. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. Are you all familiar with the idea of uh, hiring mourners? We don't so much do it in America, but there are still cultures that hire mourners to this day. And they, you know, they get everybody sad and mourn and show how much this person is missed. And it was something then, and I, I, don't, I don't know exactly if she was not dead yet. I don't know how these mourners got there so quick unless they said, let's hire them ahead of time so that as soon as it's ready, they can start their mourning. But they're going after their mourning, and it's, it's this great tumult of weeping and wailing. And how invested these people are, we have no idea. It doesn't actually tell us that they were hired to do this. So it could be a combination of those that were hired, as well as friends, as well as family, who are truly feeling this loss. And I am of the opinion that it is important for a person to grieve Within what is appropriate, how, we can go too far with grieving, but people need to grieve the way they're going to grieve. I think that's important. It is, it sh we should not be trying to, to keep everything together and we're going to act a certain way. We're going to be strong for the people that we love. When you've lost a loved one, you need to grieve. It may be different for every person, but we need to grieve. We need to. It's good. It is. But what we see here is superfluous emotionalism. Because we can get way too emotional about the deal, can't we? That we see a problem, this becomes a hindrance to our faith to get so emotional about a thing that we can't see clearly. And it becomes a big tumult. And it becomes something much bigger than it really was intended. I have to remind myself sometimes that as I'm facing different issues, that, that you know what, it's easy to exaggerate something. That, oh, this person never does... Well, that's not entirely true. It's not that they never do this. Or they always do this. We've got to be careful about being exaggerated, about getting so emotional about a thing that we take it way beyond what it ought to be. That we can't be able to look at this in a rational fashion and consider the truth of God's Word. We just get caught up emotionally and take it too far. That's a hindrance to faith. It can keep us from following Christ. It can keep us from doing what we know we ought to do because we just get so emotional in it. One more thing I want to show you here. Verse 40. Verse 40. And they laughed him to scorn. This is those same mourners. As he says, the damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Sometimes with that mocking and scorn, as you're trying to follow Christ, uh, can, can I put this out here real quick too? I, with all of these hindrances, I don't mean to say 
that in any given circumstance, you will experience all of these. But these are all things that can be hindrances to our faith. So sometimes as you're living faith in Christ, as you're following Him, as you're doing what He's called you to do, some people will mock and scorn. Some people will laugh at you. Some people will think you're a fool. There's lots of people in our world who would look down at you as having drunk the Kool-Aid. That you've just, uh, you've just partaken in the opium of the masses and you foolish, simple people look into some God that's really not there. Mocking and scorning. You'll get a derogatory response to trying to live by faith. And don't think for a minute, it's easy in this kind of a setting to say, oh yeah, I just, I just brush those people off. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, that, that is true. They don't know what they're talking about. But we've all been in that place where we were mocked, we were laughed at, and so we zipped the lip. Said, no, no. Because it hurts to be made fun of. And so it can become a hindrance to our faith. So there's our hindrances that we find in this passage of Scripture. And I specifically was not taking the counterpoint to them because I want you to see the hindrances for what they are. But let's go back and see how Jesus dealt with all those. Because Jesus encourages hope, doesn't He? That He's, he's not just going to say, yeah, here's all these things. Well, good luck to you. That's not how God is. We're going to focus on Jesus Christ because as we even looked at just a little bit this morning, mentioning those different people who, who felt insignificant and inadequate that with, uh, uh, with, let's see if I can think here real quick, with Moses and with Paul and with Elijah especially, but even with David, uh, God revealed to them that, no, you're not alone in this. I I am empowering you. You may be nothing, but I'm everything. And I'm telling you to do this, and I'm empowering you to do this. And you know what I've always found interesting looking at Moses? As much as Moses said, oh, I can't speak. As you look through the account, he's always the one talking. (laughs) The only time time you see Aaron doing anything is Moses telling Pharaoh, here's what's going to happen. Here, Aaron, take my rod. So what does Jesus do? Jesus encourages hope. Back up to the beginning of our passage. Uh, Look at verse 24. Tell me what that first portion of sentence is in verse 24. Jesus went with him. Rather than telling Jairus, hey, you go home and I'll meet you there in a few minutes, said, Jairus, come with me. You see an insurmountable obstacle. Come with me. I want you by my side. We all know that, that uh, little poem or whatever it is, Footprints, that Jesus is walking right beside the guy. You look back and, you know, those times when you saw two foot, sets of footprints, that's where we were, I, you were walking with me, we were walking together. And when you only see one, that's because I was picking you up. And when you see those long lines, that's because I was dragging you, kicking and screaming. So... <laughs> I love that one. Jesus is with us. He's not leaving us alone. That, that should be a great encouragement to our faith that Jesus is not, He shall never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, let's see, I've got a different verse too. Now we're going to get more into other verses of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 18. If you promise, I will promise not to leave Mark 5 either. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18. 
Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24, the last verse of the chapter. Whoop. Almost spilled water back here. All right, uh, Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I haven't lived around any of my siblings for 20 years. No, that's not true. We lived, in, we lived here in Olathe for like eight months, right at the time Naomi was being born. So 17, 18 years ago for about eight months. But since I've been married, I've not lived around any of my siblings since then. But you know what's amazing to me? Joe's not in here. Oh, good. He may not hear. Uh, it is amazing to me. I'm, I'm just kidding. It is a joke. Because I'm going to say good things. Uh, the, the fellowship that I have with Joe, that is a close bond. I enjoy being able to get with Joe especially. Not that I don't like getting with my other siblings, but it does seem like Joe and I have a, a different kind of bond. Sorry, y'all. It's just the case. Uh, but... Getting with Joe and talking with him about stuff, and, and even here late, uh, we helped Tim. Tim, I helped Tim, and now my shoulder hurts. Uh, but had a, a good time with Tim the other day, and we've had opportunities to talk and stuff. And man, it's a blessing because they're the people that, that I'm going to see them Christmas, major holidays. We're going to be trying to get with my family for the rest of my life. And they've been where I've been, and there's a special bond there for sure. It's a blessing. But Jesus is closer than that, isn't He? He's closer than that. And He's with us. So even though there are hindrances to faith, Jesus says, I am with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. Even when you fail, when you fall, when you mess up, I am right there with you. And I'll encourage uh, the just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. And it's by His power. Praise the Lord for it. All right. So, uh, back to Mark chapter 5 real quick. <clears throat> Down to the very bottom of uh, verse 34, where Jesus is talking to the hidden woman. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Uh, the observation of faithfulness. Yes, Jesus stopped everything. Yes, it would seem like this is a hindrance. But now Jairus got to see, you know what? If he can heal this woman... There's hope for my daughter too. Amen. Being able to look out and see, you know what? God was faithful to them. And God helped them. And God provided for them. And God was there even when things didn't turn out well. When it didn't turn out the way we wanted, God was still there. And He gave them hope. And He blessed them. And He carried them through. If He can do that for others, He can do that for me too. We can look back in our own lives and see how, you know what, this is the biggest thing up till now, but I see how God has been a blessing time and time and time again, and I have observed the faithfulness of God, and I know if He has been that way before, He is consistent and He changes not, and He will, he will be faithful yet once again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 24. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, almost the last verse of the chapter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. I like simple, straightforward statements. 
And these are good ones. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. We can observe his faithfulness time and again. He's going to be faithful. He's, he's not going to let everything fall apart. I, and I, I, again, don't mean to say that it'll turn out the way you want. But he's always there with you. And he is faithful to help you through, to help you around, whatever it is. All right, back in verse 36 of our main passage. As, uh, as the, the, <sighs> the certain came, which said, Thy daughter is dead. Verse 36, Jesus heard the word that was spoken. He saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Only believe. Uh, now, <sighs> let's see if I can get you thinking the way I want you to. Um, what are they supposed to believe? Be not afraid, only believe. What's he supposed to believe? Jesus. Jesus. Not supposed to, if I have enough belief, it'll be okay. Believe Jesus. Believe Jesus. Yes, this is bad news. Yes, this is not what you want. Be not afraid, only believe. Only believe. Psalm 118. Psalm 118, verse 6. I think someday I'm going to get in my head to just carry a pocket full of candy and make this a sword drill. First person there. Let's go. Uh, Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. And I know going hand in hand with that, the Lord... Uh, he hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If the Lord is with us, which we know from the beginning, I, I mentioned that all of those hindrances to faith may not necessarily all affect you in some kind of specific line every time you have a hindrance of faith. But all of these can certainly help you in those times of hindrance. All of these can be there. You know Jesus is with you no matter what. He's with you every time. You know that uh, you can observe the faithfulness of God's faithfulness in other people's lives, in your own life, so that whatever the hindrance is in front of you, all of these are true. The Lord is always on your side. Always. Uh, now, now my, another qualification here. He's not always doing what you want. He's not always accepting of what you want to do. But He's always on your side. He's always, the Lord is on my side, what shall I fear? Alright, down to verse uh, 39. He comes to the house, uh, them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. He comes in and he calms the chaos of emotion. Every time. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do a different verse. Uh, turn over to Psalm 107, verse 29. Psalm 107 and verse 29. Probably should have had you stay back there, huh? Psalm 107, verse 29. We know uh, in the New Testament, there in the Gospels, we know the accounts that there's at least two times when Jesus comes in and calms the storm. Whether He's in the boat, asleep in the back, 
and the apostles come to him and, and rouse him awake and carest thou not that we perish? Or whether they're out there alone and Jesus comes walking on the water, both times he calms the storm. They are certainly emotional in that moment. If your life's on the line, I imagine you'd be emotional. When you think, we're drowning tonight, this is it. These are, some of these are seasoned fishermen. They have been on this lake lots of times in all kinds of weather. And if they're say, if Peter is of the mindset, we're going to die tonight, then it was probably pretty close to the truth. But every time Christ come in, peace be still. In fact, one of those, I can't remember which, that as soon as Jesus gets in the boat, they're at the shore. That's awesome. Jesus calms the chaos of emotions. Psalm 107, verse 29. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. We are emotional beings because God is emotional. He has emotion and He created us to have the same. But He calms all those emotions. He can come in and when we're riled up, when we don't know what to do, whether it's, it's fear, whether it's the, the anxiety and anguish, whether it's anger, God can calm all those emotions. Regardless of how we're feeling. If we'll go to Him, if we'll turn to Him, instead of letting all that emotion well up and overwhelm us, if we'll turn to Christ, He can calm the chaos of those emotions. Verse 40. Uh, actually, before you leave, you're in Psalms. Go to Proverbs 4.24. But don't read it yet. <laughs> I like the epiphany of the moment. If you jump ahead of me, you lose all that. So the anticipation will be worth it. Um, verse Back in our main passage, chapter 5, verse 40. And they laughed Him to scorn... But when he had put them all out, I like that. <laughs> he put them out. All right. Uh, let's see. Proverbs four twenty four. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Look over at Second Kings twenty three. Twenty three verse twenty four. Second Kings chapter 23 and verse 24. Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits and the wizards and the images and the idols and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem did Josiah put away that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Sometimes we need to just put away the abominable. Whatever the hindrance is, well, Brother Ben, talk is cheap. Ah, just put it away. Just put it away. Whatever the hindrance is, put it away. Get it out of there. I, it, it can be, I don't mean to say it's easy, but it can be that simple to just put away the abominable. To say, I'm not listening to this. I'm not going to hear this. I'm not going to recognize this. I'm not going to see this as a hindrance. I'm going to get it out of here. You may not be able to remove the mountain necessarily in your own strength, but you can say, I know my God's bigger than that. 
And I'm not going to let this hindrance become something that stops me in my tracks. I'm not going to let this hindrance become something that sets me backwards, that turns me aside. I'm going to put it out of the way. And we're going to put these things out. The scorning mourners were put forth. I love it. Put away the abominable. Verses 41 and 42. And straight, uh, I'm sorry, 41. Being inter- uh, let's see. He took the damsel by the hand. Uh, being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose. Turn over to John 11 and verse 25. John eleven twenty five. Damsel arise. She's dead, right? She's dead. By all human standards, that's it. It's done. Even if it was modern medicine, once they're dead, they're dead. That's it. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said unto her, what's it say? I am the resurrection and the life. This seems uh, pretty conclusive. She's dead. I'm the resurrection and the life. Life from the eternal one. I don't see how this is going to work, Lord. I don't understand how you can bring something good out of this. But God again and again says, I am working for my glory. I am working to accomplish something that is greater than whatever is going on in this situation. I am the resurrection and the life. And so there is life from the eternal one. You can let the hindrances of faith stop you. You can look at those problems and you can see just the problem. And and again, I'm not trying to put forth the idea that just the power of positive thinking will help you. If you just have a good attitude, everything will work out. It still comes back to focusing on Jesus. All All of these answers to the hindrances of faith require focusing on Jesus Christ. Because He is the resurrection and the life, not you. Because while I'm walking through my life and I can see all kinds of things, it's only when He is walking by my side that I can be going the right direction. Hindrances to faith abound and can seem larger than everything. But God is greater than any obstacle in your life. Stand with me if you would.